Welcome back to By the Numbers. It's uh, we, This is episode 12. I looked that up as I was starting the show. Alex and I have been gone for about a month. We've both been pretty busy. School, children, well, in his case, children. I mean, life is just hectic. But we're back. And we're here with a good episode. Alex inspired us because, uh, as you hopefully know, there's an ongoing UAW strike in Michigan in particular. So Alex has been arguing with boomers in the Yahoo comment section for the last week, right, Alex? Yes, yes, I have. <laughs> I've been arguing with boomers. I've learned so much, learned so much about the world. Um, I've learned that these greedy unionized auto workers should have all of their jobs shipped off to Mexico or China or anywhere but America to teach them a lesson. Yeah, they. They don't deserve things. It's all about what they deserve. They don't, they deserve, don't deserve what they're getting now. Yeah, exactly. They stand on a rubber mat and they pound things with a with a hammer and they put they put hubcaps on wheels and they they want the 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 moon and the stars for doing this this little bit of work and they're uneducated. I tell you, they're uneducated. They've they they're they're not even high school graduates. Did you know that? Never been to high school. Why did they deserve so much? Truly the lowest of society, Alex. Absolutely. Yeah, the auto worker is worse than a prostitute. They deserve nothing but ridicule. In fact, I'm going to get in my F-350 later, and I'm going to go run over some protesters. In fact, in fact, these people are so detestable, they should all be fired and replaced by hardworking immigrants. Yes. I mean, so those immigrants, they're already here in the country. Let's just use them. Yeah. They'll do the work for $4.30. And if you think that I'm exaggerating, like, no, this is this kind of rhetoric I've been dealing with when talking to boomers in the comments. Alex has been sending me screenshots for a week. People. For a long time. It's like, like an unending stream of this stuff. It's like, sometimes I can feel the veins like bulging out of the side like, of my neck. And I'm like, what any, the hell? Any article where there is a strike going on, you know what you're going to see in the comments. And it's it's boomers gleefully hoping that the people on the strike will suffer. And it's really striking because you're like, what makes, what possesses a person to wake up in the morning, read a news article, and then be like, man, I hope that those, those, uh, those, those union auto workers suffer, man. I, I hope that they feel some pain. It's like, what kind of nasty, just rotten creature are you that this is what goes through your mind when you I see somebody reading one i remember uh, reading one on my own it was like can't wait until the union goes broke and they have to come crawling back i'm like what the hell is wrong with you yeah it's like you realize that you're siding with a massive corporation no one likes corporations well boomers do yeah well, yeah, well that was the, that's kind of the thing it's almost like is it because the corporation to them is like a some sort of paternal figure or something that they're comforted by. They don't want to see the corporation suffer. Like the Ford logo has like more value to them than actual humans or something. I, well, I, I do think that's part of it. I think, you know, we, we well, we have, we have a graph right here from uh, USA facts, which is just department of labor 
boomers had twice the rate of unionization that uh, people do now. And they're also the most likely to hate unions. So they Mm -hmm. profited from unions. They had good wages and they had good pensions, not this 401k bullshit. They had good wages. They had good pensions. And now when people demand good wages and good pensions, the boomers are like, no, no, you don't deserve it. The, the boomers are the generation that is probably the most known for climbing a ladder and then pulling the ladder up behind them. Yes. yes they, are, they, they are notorious for this. They have more wealth. I love this one. This was from the Fed Reserve. They have more wealth than their parents, their grand, their children, and their grandchildren combined. Uh, e- even among the unions themselves. There's a phenomenon where, you know, the two-tiered uh, union system where the older union members, they so get all these I benefits and all this stuff. This and then, yeah, and then the, the, the newer union workers, they start off like a, a, a different bracket. Yeah, they, they like to do that kind of thing. So they've replaced seniority with like a boomer, non-boomer system, basically? But essentially, that's how it shakes out. The boomer, non-boomer system. <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. But, Where I live, this is a thing. It's, and it's I have, you can find two tier contract stuff everywhere, but yes, this is this is a, a, a way to. And one of the things it does is it kind of breaks union solidarity, but oh, boomers yeah. don't care. <laughs> boomers are boomers. They're solidaristic about their wages. You're not right. taking by there. Fine. That means the the individual boomer thinks about his individual self. Literally no one outside of that group. And he only thinks about social situations and, and social concerns in terms of how that would directly affect him and his interests. Right. That's where the, des- I think that's where the deserve thing comes from because they're looking at everything. Do I deserve that? Am I entitled to that? <laughs> and so they're interpreting the whole world that way. Yeah. And the answer for now, anyone else, by the way, that everyone else deserves nothing. That's how this always shakes out. Now the, the thing is, like, the reason that people find it very easy to hate the baby boomers is the baby boomers, when you when you hate on them and attack them, you're punching up. Because they. it's not like they're underprivileged or experiencing some sort of deprivations. No, they are extremely privileged, generally speaking. They have money and resources. So you don't feel bad whenever you attack them for being shitty. Oh, n- it feels never. very justified. I, I, I never do. I, I said to you before we started the show. You can hate on brown people all day. You can hate on Jews all day, but there is no hate more satiating than hate for the boomer. Yeah, because you're hating on a childish, aristocratic wannabe class. Essentially, yes. Who who operated on a, a completely debauched, and we're going to get into a lot of detail on this, operated on a completely debauched moral framework. And they look down on everyone else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's that's the other reason I think people find themselves constantly hating on boomers is boomers do this bit where they 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 want to just hate on you for not being able to follow the the lifestyle pattern that they had sort of given to them by a unique set of circumstances. Like, well, why didn't you just grind yourself into having your own small business and becoming independently wealthy? Why didn't you do that? Mm-hmm. It's because that's not possible. Right. That's it's not it's not it's not possible for me to acquire the things that you bought. Which I can fall, I can look at your roadmap and then say you can't actually buy that now. 
the, the like the tools and things that you acquired for this particular business. That's out of out of a eighteen year old's like <clears throat> price range, or even somebody in the early twenties or thirties. Like, there's no way to follow price, that roadmap. Price ranges, regulations, globalization. I mean, yeah. neoliberalism generally. Like, there's the road that the boomers traveled down is gone. That road does not exist anymore. They're at the end of the road, looking back down it and being well, smug about it. But we can't even get out of the damn. Actually, what what happened is they went down the road and then they tore up the road behind them. Yeah, that's more accurate. <laughs> that's really what. It's more accurate. <laughs> yet, yet again, this is why they are so hated. Because you can you can look at the decisions they made that affected policy that made it worse for the generations that came after them, and they're they're still. Still trying to tell you that, oh, you just go do what I did, but I can't do it because you made that impossible. You pulled up the ladder. You tore up the road. There's no way to do it. You know, remove the train tracks. Right. I mean, and in case people don't believe us, I mean, three Congresses ago, so it would have been the mid-2010s, boomers and the silent generation, boomers alone were 62% of Congress. Boomers in the silent generation were 72% of Congress. Even today, right now. Boomers are just shy of 55% of Congress, and when you include the silence, it's 60%. They they have been making all of the policy decisions for essentially 50 years now. Right. So when you talk about America, you're talking about boomer America. Right. Right. America America has the morals and the decision-making of boomers behind most of what it is doing. Right. At the, you know, at, the, at the very least, in cases where you've got other other entities pulling at the direction of America, the boomers are signing off on it. Oh, yeah. I mean, th- that's what I was about to say was I know that people are going to have caveats about Jewish power and influence. You talk about that all the time. I talk about it all the time. We get it. But that doesn't negate the fact that the boomers have a very particular moral system that they're highly invested in. And that moral system essentially boils down to screw the rest of you. Right. If you call that a moral system, it's really a moral system. Like it's kind of an amoral system, <clears throat> kind of a lack of any morality whatsoever. It's, oh, it's, yeah, more, it's just a, a system of appetites. I mean, we, we have the, the boomer appetite here. We have the SPLC polling. We were just going over it before starting the show. It's from, it, it's incredible to me. Um, my favorite one is the tranny one. The question was, agree that transgender people are a threat to children. Only 30% of boomer men agree with that. Only That's staggering. Right. 57% of of young Republican men agree with it. For, 45% of older Republican women agree with it. So the boomers' mm-hmm. wives are more based on this by 15%. Right. And then 42% of young Democratic men agree that trannies are a threat to children. That's 12% ahead of old boomer men. Yeah, I mean. They just don't care. They don't give a fuck. They don't care. That's that's why the older Republican women actually care more about this, because women tend to have, even boomer women oftentimes tend to be a little bit better than their, their male cohorts about at least giving something of a fuck about their children and future generations just a little bit. Well, they talk to, they, they, they talk to their kids and grandkids more than women do. They talk yeah. to them a bit more and they see them suffer a bit more and they actually care to be engaged to some extent. They, they are not as sociopathic as the men, the men, I, I 
I think a lot of them really do just meet the clinical criteria for just well, being sociopaths. I worked at, I mean, you did too, fast food. I worked in fast food. This is great anecdotal evidence for things. I don't care that it's an anecdote. I served probably thousands and thousands of customers over the four years I worked there as a teenager. A boomer man would become like this irate animal at the most minor inconvenience possible. And his what the, the women were always horribly embarrassed. Yeah. And apologetic, like they couldn't believe, even though it's gone on their entire lives, they couldn't believe this is happening. They're all embarrassed, and their husband is just having a complete flip out. Well, I mean, just just when you interact with boomers and you observe their their family relations, you can tell <clears throat> the boomer male is very self interested. If he's not a complete narcissist, he's at the very least so wrapped up in his own little world that he can't be bothered to actually be attached to things like children or people around him. Like he's just off in his own little universe. And of course, at worst, he's just an abject narcissist and sociopath. To a large degree, to a significant degree. Yes. I mean, where was the other one? Where was the, the feminism ones also good agreement Mm -hmm. that feminism has done more harm than good. And boomer men are, are 42%, which you might think, Oh, that's kind of high. That is lower than young Democratic men. That is sig- <laughs> that is significantly lower than young Republican men, and it's also about ten points lower than their own wives. <laughs> the daily reminder: these these are the guys that drive around the pickup trucks, and they have the bumper stickers about the my guns, my second yeah. amendment, and just fucking revolutionary rhetoric. Which and they don't uh, care. We had inf- uh, some information on that too, which I don't. We may, might not have that sitting right here, but there was there was polling on whether or not people would support oh, violent revolutionary it's activity. In here. Oh, Total, it is. Look. Yeah, yeah. So uh, scroll down. It's under the heading partisanship and violence. <laughs> okay. And the there question, it is. There it is. Yeah. Total approval for participating in a political revolution, even if it's even if <laughs> even if it is violent in its ends. Boomer men, 9%. Disagree. 84% think it's a bad idea to participate in a political revolution if it involves violence. These are the men who own firearms, have bumper stickers talking about how they are going to shoot you dead if you break in their house or try to take their firearms. Uh, You know, the Molon Lab, whatever the fuck, all of that, that kind of crap. Just spray painted and plastered across the back glass of their pickup trucks. These people would never ever engage in any kind of like actual revolutionary activity. Like they, they are cowards. They are cowardly people. They are spoiled, rotten cowards, and they bloviate. So nine percent, nine percent for republic for for older men. It's in both parties. It's nine percent. Younger men. Both Democrat and Republican, oh it's about it's, it's about forty five percent would support a violent revolution. Now, I'm not endorsing anything. I'm just holy shit. I just realized the older Republican women yet again they beat out the older Republican men at this. Now, of course, most of them also disagree in using political violence, but they still beat their husbands. They still beat their husbands on this. <laughs> I guess if we're I guess if we're going to be appealing to uh, boomers. We should be appealing to women. older Republican women, not, I've not made, husbands. <laughs> I've made this joke before. When I wrote, I, I covered a bunch of these in white papers forever ago, like a year ago. 
I covered a bunch of these. And I've been telling people ever since, like, if you want to appeal to boomers, you should be appealing to Grandma Waffen. We should mm-hmm. be ho- we should be having cupcake socials in the villages because that's <laughs> that's where that's where at least part of the base is. It's not oh. the men. Oh man, it's also interesting to look at the the breakdown with younger Democratic men versus younger Republican men. Very similar on a lot of issues. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's just because young men sort of suffer, regardless of your politics, you suffer the same social maladies. I mean, it it doesn't matter. It do, it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or Republican. You're still it's still going to. Oh be man, I love I love the next one: partisanship and violence, total approval for threatening a politician who's harming the country or democracy. Older Republican men, eighty-one percent of them disagree with that. They they can't even be bothered to bloviate and make threats against politicians. Apparently. And that's Probably. the lowest that's the lowest percentage of any group on that chart you'll notice. <laughs> right. Older democratic <laughs> men are more likely to do this. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. What fucking cowards. Yet again, these are the people who've got those those insufferable bumper stickers. All about the guns. Come and take it. Well, apparently we could just come and take it. Yeah. <laughs> They're not gonna do anything. <laughs> Demonstrably, they're not going to do anything. <clears throat> I absolutely like this. <laughs> I forgot how funny this this part of it is. Really I'm, funny. I think everybody gets distracted by like the the title of this piece from because it's an SPLC study because they they were all about the Great Replacement. Like, oh my God, people are talking about the Great Replacement. Oh yeah, the first half of it's the Great yeah. Replacement, but first I, half I, is just I've obsessed. covered that to death. But this section is really funny, particularly funny. Uh, let's see here. Boomers don't care about feminism. They don't care about trannies. And their constant violent rhetoric is just complete. It's hollow. Any any kind of violent rhetoric from them is pure 100% bloviation. It's highly unusual that any of them would ever be. It's kind of surprising that so many of them got wrapped up uh, January 6th. But then again, a lot of those were Gen Xers. I was going to say, I think the average age of that was in the low 50, like 52. Yeah. It, so they you're, weren't you're boomers. Gen X. But there were boomer women that got wrapped up. Yeah, that's right. Holy shit, that would be a fascinating thing to look at. <laughs> you're right, there were remembered... a lot of grandmas. Yeah, I remember a lot of grandmas got arrested. You're right. Wow. You're right. Yeah, and you know what? There's Grandma one... often. I'm forgetting their name. I'm forgetting the name. The son just got like six years. There was the son who was in his 40s. And his mom went together, yeah, and she that, was in her sixties. We could have predicted this by looking at this this uh, yeah. <laughs> information. Could have told you that. <laughs> Grandma Waffen is a real demographic. People, <laughs> they're out there it's just in much going. larger numbers than their husbands. It's these boomer pussies over here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, wow. This show's ended up being a lot funnier than I thought it was going to be, and I already thought it was going to be fun. Yeah. What I learned today is that boomer men are just pussies. <laughs> Pro-training cowards. Ah. Yeah, they're just feckless cowards. <laughs> uh, okay, so back to the gender roles thing. Uh, agreement that men should be represented and valued more in our society by age, gender, and party. Now, older Republican men do agree with that one. 
Oh, is yeah. that a surprise? Is that a fucking surprise? Wow, they think you, they should be valued. You agree that you should be valued more. Shocking. <laughs> I demand respect. Cries respect. Cries the boomer. All right. Let's see. Uh, did we do the one about the agree that trans- transgender people are a threat to children? Because that was the one where fifty-seven percent of older Republican men disagree with the sentiment. Yeah, we covered that. Like they don't care. They it, but don't then if you go down. Oh, yeah, here it is. This is the one. Gender roles, gender identity. Agree that transgender people are trying to indoctrinate children into their lifestyle. And 60% of older Republican men do agree with that. Right. Of course, yet again, 62% of older Republican women agree with that. So <laughs> women are leading their wives. Noticing are a trend. Again. Yeah. <laughs> but what's interesting, and and I've been talking about this privately in the background for a while with people. So. 60% of them think that trannies are trying to indoctrinate children, but only 30% of them think that they're a threat to children. And mm-hmm. my theory behind this is because there is th- older men who I talk to seem to have this idea that they can do pick and choose liberalism, that we can draw a border around the children and we can protect the children. But the moment you turn 18, and I've had this argument with my own boomers in my own life, that the moment you turn 18, they don't care. In fact, my own, I mm-hmm. said this to Alex, my own father said, like, when they turn 18, I don't care if they wear a dress as long as they pay their taxes. Right. And I've, and I've tried to explain to boomers before, it's like, you don't get it. They're going to turn 18. They're going to pay their taxes. And they're going to become a teacher and go teach your grandkids. Like, this is not an individualism thing. You have to get past it, but they can't get past it. So I just don't try. They, 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 boomers don't conceptualize systems. Well, it's, it's also going to have something to do with like their little, their, their personal experiences over their childhood and transition into adulthood. Well, actually, they never really transition. That's kind of the problem. They've been perpetual <laughs> That's children, topic. but, but I'm sure that for them, being 18 must have represented some sort of great freedom, great opportunity. Uh, they could go out and do what they wanted to do, you know, and <clears throat> apparently have a lot of sex and dr- do a lot of drugs. But anyway, like to, to them, this was like a, a freedom moment, <clears throat> whereas for a, a lot of other people, it's, wow, I'm being thrown into a meat grinder. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone, like, my like, I yeah, every, everyone, everyone after that, that generation, it's like, holy fuck, what? I'm 18. I've got. No financial resources. Uh, I'm lucky to have like a driver's license and a diploma. And now I'm supposed to go fend for myself. Yeah, it's pretty. And, and the boomer says, yeah. So, I mean, I have boomer boomers in my life. Uh, I have family in a different state and they go, they have the 1830 rule. You turn 18, you have 30 days to get a job or get out. And sometimes they would put it as 30 days to get a job and get out. Right. <laughs> I'm like, well, wow. Like, you guys are brutal. Yeah. But there are no jobs. The boomers blew up the road. Neoliberal the boomer neoliberalism destroyed jobs. There aren't good jobs. You can't you can't. Well, yeah. And, and the other thing is because they were such an outsized generation that they were competing with millennials for a lot of these jobs. So it's literally like, well, look, I can't find a job because your age cohort has that job and they're not retiring. Like oh, think, yeah, think, you about, think, that think about like the plight of like a, a millennial, like in the early two thousands, like you're, you're, you are in a lot of cases competing directly with boomers for employment in that time period. They're not retiring. They're not going anywhere. They've got their cushy job. And as we've said in other episodes, like the United States doesn't really help you 
transition from being a teenager into the workplace? Like there's not programs in place to help get you into a particular job, a career, um, job training, that kind of thing. It doesn't really exist. There's not an on-ramp for you. There are very few. And the boomer who has the job has a high school degree. But when you apply for the job, they want right. you to have a four-year degree. Now, that's not necessarily right. the fault of boomers. I'm not blaming that one on boomers, but that is the reality. But then they will turn around and tell you that the auto union workers have no high school diploma, which I still don't understand where they are pulling that out of their ass from. Why do they think that? I see that repeated so often by boomers that these people are uneducated, don't even have a diploma. I'm like, My other question is, sure why, the fuck does, but why the hell does that matter? It like, shouldn't. But why do they all think that? <laughs> but this is something what? they do. Boomers, boomers have this weird, again, that's another simultaneous thing where they, they will complain. I've heard them complain about how, man, my grandson, my son can't get a job without this stupid four-year degree. Mm-hmm. And then they'll turn around the next sentence and they will say, college. you work at McDonald's because you're too dumb to go to college. It's like... Fuck you! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, uh, yet again, they're they're looking at their own roadmap. A lot of times, being like, "Well, I did go to college and I did do very well for myself." So, but that's not how it works for any of the rest of us anymore. A lot of them didn't go to college. Yeah, a lot of them didn't. A lot they of them actually did, well did and they'll themselves. still they'll still make the same argument. Yes, <laughs> it's yeah, it is mind boggling. I mean, it's crazy, and you know, we could talk about boomers in college because this was. I had a lot of fun gathering this data. Boomers. Uh, so were, let's, let me let me finish this set out real fast here. Oh, okay, go ahead, so go ahead. so the 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 older Republican men they agree that gender roles and gender identity. Uh, well, and that's the the subheading here. But anyway, they agree that transgender people are trying to indoctrinate children in their lifestyle. They agree with that, but as you said, they're not really willing to do anything about it, right. and they don't they don't coherently put all of these pieces together. Uh, gender roles and gender identity subheading. I think it's the last one. Yes, Agree that gender one. ideology has corrupted American culture. 76% of older Republican men do agree with that. But they won't they actually, do anything about it. They did beat older Republican women, women by 1% on this one. I'm going to call they, that a fluke. They beat them in 1% on one graph out of like... 11 I'm, polls. I'm going to chalk that up to small sample size. <laughs> At this point, I'm just convinced that the grandma often is the way to go here. But yeah, the this is like such a kind of a vague premise. It is a very vague question. That yes, you could you could just agree with that. And yeah, sure. Yeah, the culture is was, was being corrupted. Of course. Now, this this should tie into the direction you want to go in. OK, so are you trying to tell me? Mr. Baby Boomer, that your culture from when you were growing up and becoming an adult is less corrupt? Yeah. Really? Are you sure about that? More chaste. They were chaste, Alex. It was like, go on, Boomer. Explain to me. Was American culture less corrupt during your generation? Like, go on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so this was Alex. I had so much fun gathering this data. Boomer, it, it, we'll go into the specifics, but to kind of roll them all out right at the Let's same time. Let's talk about the rosy, uncorrupted time when <laughs> boomers were the dominant majority and and they they were they were between the ages of oh, I don't know, 18 and 45. Let's talk about that. <laughs> right. I mean, this was a period that was I mean, it was, it was puritanical, right? 
Yeah, yeah, they boomers again. They were chaste people, Alex. <laughs> they were hardworking. They no no nonsense, no bullshit people. Let's talk about this lovely uncorrupted time in America. Yeah, a, a lovely uncorrupted time in America where the average boomer. Now you have more specific data on this, but the average boomer had eleven sexual partners in their lifetime. Hmm. More. More than any generation hmm. before them, and more than any generation after them. <laughs> so, more sexual partners than anyone that came before or after. Correct. Well, less quite a corrupt. bit. American culture was less corrupt then. Yeah, they were. Have, again, they no. were chaste. <laughs> Downright puritanical. Yeah. And you yeah. had data. What you had data? The men were about thirteen, and women were what eight. Something like that. So essentially you had like a bunch of just boomer whores running around. Like, <laughs> like I, I know that younger generations want to complain about like uh, whores on TikTok, but it was the boomer women that were the biggest whores in American history. It was them. Every generation since them has had less of this tendency. It's had less sex on average. So oh, yeah, a higher, I, even the age that you lose your virginity has been going up. Yeah, I mean, I've said it before with, you know, I'm a Zoomer. I'm very sympathetic to my fellow Zoomer men. But one of the reasons that it seems so bad is just because of the Internet and social media, right? Like you, you'll meet a couple girls who have an OnlyFans from your college or high school, and you'll see it all over the Internet. But the actual data, there's there's not significant evidence for this. And most yeah. women you talk to are not whores. Yeah. But their grandmas were. Now, the grandmas were definitely whores. Objectively speaking, they were whores. Because looking at that breakdown between who was having sex, uh, one boomer female was clearly being passed around quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, so, I mean, just, like, just for comparison. Like she, she was li- like, grandma was literally riding the cock carousel. Yeah. It, 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 just for comparison, the greatest generation had three. The mm-hmm. silence had five. It essentially it more than doubled to eleven for boomers, mm-hmm. decreased ten for Xers, eight for millennials, and I have never I've never seen a Zoomer projection, but I've seen other data that shows the amount of sex people are having is just cratering. That's so, what I've uh, seen too. This is Zoomers <laughs> going to be the. Like, <laughs> If anyone is chased, it's the Zoomers. It's not, right. it, grandparents, were, oh, grandma, grandma and grandpa were not. But, um, but, and, but, but what about the gay shit? What about the gay shit? Oh, God. Yeah, I know. People, uh, this is the thing. And I've talked about this before. I'll talk about it until I die. When you look at the data, it is essentially just a bunch of women pretending that they're bisexual. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, no, the, the thing I think is interesting is so if you look at like the actual data on who was gay, well, yet again, boomers way up there. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It, well, it's been the same for it's been the same. It's, rough. it's not. So it hasn't really changed. It's not. It's not, it's not that there, there's a it's very difficult to think of a metric where generations after the boomers are like somehow morally worse on some scale. Right. Again, you know, the the, the percentage of gay men in the country is held at about five percent and it's still about five percent. The only the only group aside from trannies, the only group that has significantly exploded are bisexual people. And that's just because young women at double the rate of young men identify as bisexuals, despite the fact that they would never 
they yeah. never touch another chick. Yeah, that's that's like Pavel's uh, bisexual there. Like Pavel's <laughs> Pavel's, sure it's like pa- Pavel's <laughs> bisexual. Like you just put you put the sign in the window just so that everybody's okay. They're going along with the, what the party demands of them. All right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Got the sign in the window over there. It says that it says that you're bi. Oh, cool. Yeah. You got boomers, your pronouns in your bio. Eighty-four percent of boomers were only attracted to the same sex. Um, Zoomers, fifty-two percent are only attracted. M- 11% are mostly, attra- or I'm sorry, opposite sex. I just called 84% of boomers gay. Even I don't feel guilty about that. Um, no, they're pussies. They're not gay. <laughs> 11% of Zoomers mostly attracted to the opposite sex, and 21% are bi. That's 84%. That's essentially the same as boomers. Those mm-hmm. bisexual people, I, I again, I'm a Zoomer. I know a ton of people who call themselves bisexual, and they have never had a, a boyfriend or girlfriend of the same sex as them, ever. With, yeah. with a couple exceptions. So on the subject then of just boomers being promiscuous whores, <laughs> th- this, this informs why abortion debates in the United States have a certain character to them. Because as we will go on to discuss, boomers had more abortions than anyone else and, in human history. Yes, they boomers had an abortion rate just under double. Um, under double their parents and their children and grandchildren have an abortion rate less than half of them. Mm-hmm. Boomers, boomer women in in college were getting about a million and anywhere between one point three and one point five million abortions a year for a decade in the nineteen eighties and nineties. Abortion was a contraceptive for these people. So- Given, uh, given sort of like neonatal mortality rates and all that, like that, that means that like millions and millions and millions of white people just were forbidden from coming into existence. Yeah. So I, I've talked about this before on other shows, the, this idea that abortion curtails the brown population is a cope on any, uh, currently on any given year, most about 35% of abortions are white. And Mm -hmm. back then it ranged from. 55 to 65 percent on any given year right. we were we were aborting like 600 700,000 white babies a year in the 1980s and the 1990s because grandma was having a bit too much fun because grandma was a whore yeah she, like, now she might be based but she's still a whore <laughs> grandma she based she, whore. <laughs> aged she aged and got based she uh cured well god uh, so well if you're but you're if right. It, it, if you're an inc- if you're an incel, just go, go down to the nursing home. <laughs> but you're right. It it doesn't form the modern abor- abortion debate because you all you we often hear from Republicans that abortion is used as contraceptive. And my entire life, I, and I'm sure you would agree with this. I have never really met a woman who perceives it this way. I've never encountered this. Correct. But boomers, it's, a, it's, a, it's something only a sociopath would right. really think of using that way but boomers appear to have and i should tell people i'm talking the graph we're looking at is the rate of abortion not overall yes i know people are having less children this is the rate mm-hmm. um and it, 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 it definitely appears that boomers used abortion as a contraceptive so i think that's where that line comes from that's my theory i'm putting cloud yeah on. because the people that are putting this out there are probably boomers themselves well, yeah, they're if, older if Republicans. If your policy discussions about this 
it's from from boomers talking about their boomer cohort. So they are defaulting back to what they understood to be the status quo, which is that boomer women used as contraceptive. Yes. Even though that may seem very odd to us. It's always seemed odd to me. Yeah. In fact, my my mother-in-law had an abortion. So there you go. Yeah, I know a couple. Yeah. A couple older. I, I, all the women who I know have had one for a fact are over the age of 55. That's interesting. Yeah, I believe it's the same for me now that I think about it. That's it, interesting. Wow. Yeah. In fact, I know of people that are in my age cohort who gave up kids for adoption and didn't have an abortion. Yeah, I know one couple who did that. Yeah. I also know I also know two couples who adopted kids from a circumstance like that. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> the boomer hate hour has been a lot of fun. Um now, you know, so boomers had a lot of sexual partners and they had a lot of abortions. What else do mm-hmm. boomers love, Alex? They love a good divorce. Oh, I thought you were going to say drugs because that's the other. Well, one. we'll get there too. They love drugs, <laughs> but they love a good divorce. And what surprised me before we get into the specifics, what blew my mind away is that they keep divorcing the older they get. Like they've mm. they've not had enough. They just keep doing it. <laughs> well, maybe maybe they just haven't found the right person yet. Well, see, I me, I don't think I'm a creeping Puritan. Um, <laughs> But I think once you hit your third marriage, you're you're like done. You're you can't get married anymore. You can you can have partners. You can live with people, whatever. But you're done getting married. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> I could see that because at a certain point, it's like I think the problem is you. Yeah, it's exactly. either you or your ability to find a partner, which is essentially the same thing. So this is this is very interesting. I love this statistic. Between 1990 and 19 or 19, 1990 and 2015, so these are boomers, as they age, the rate of divorce for people above 50 jumped by 109%. Gosh, what could have caused this? Meanwhile, the divorce rate for people between 25 and 39 in that same time period, so these would be their children, this mm-hmm. is your generation, essentially, Alex. Mm-hmm. The divorce rate declined by 21%. And you know why? You know why? Because whenever you grow up in a family that has been through a divorce, it makes you think twice about putting your kids through the same situation. Right. That seems this- that does seem to be what Xers and millennials in particular, their opinion seems to be, I have divorced parents, I can't do this. They could, Yeah, they grew up experiencing a level of adversity that the boomers did not experience. Like growing up in broken homes, and that informed right. a lot of their own positions on things. But millennials are thinking about their children when they got a divorce. Boomers aren't. Boomers are like, I'm done. What's the child? This is about me. They're 18. They don't exist anymore. <laughs> well, even if your children weren't 18, I don't think they cared. It was about them. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it, it's incredible to me. I just can't believe that they keep getting divorces as they get older. Like, <laughs> You're not yeah, tired kind of like, like, why the fuck are you still getting married? You're 65 and you're getting it, a divorce? Like yeah, cuz that this was to me like getting married at that age feels a bit weird. I mean, sure, if you if your spouse has died, maybe it's a little different, but I don't know. This seems like a strange position like searching out new partners. Place in your life to be doing that. Like 
you're you're not having children at that age. Like, why even bother with the marriage? Right. Like, I get I get wanting to have company. I think anyone does. But yeah. You're going like, to get married. You don't need the institution of marriage at that point unless you just feel like giving money to someone else's children. Which, you know, I don't think it's very odd. The, boomer marriage patterns and divorce patterns are very strange. They're very strange. I don't think that they're strange. I think that they're informed by the fact these are amoral sociopathic hedonists. Well, right. So I, I you're, you're correct. <laughs> I should change it and say that they are they are very abnormal in comparison to the norm. Yeah, sure. There was okay. there was a norm before them. They went absolutely buck wild, and now their children and grandchildren are like, I'm not – you people are ridiculous. I'm not doing that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think the thing is sort of counterintuitive is they were raised by people who had the best intentions, people who survived actual adversity like Great Depression, uh, World War, went through all of that. They were trying to do good with their kids. They were like, I don't want my children to experience what I experienced, which is a natural human thing to want to do, right? And what they ended up creating was the worst generation to have ever existed. Well, the me generation, boomers, they called millennials the me generation, I think. Oh, but the me, yeah. the me generation is the boomers. And the other thing you can always flip back into boomers, like, well, who raised us? Oh, oh. <laughs> boomers are projecting. They do projection really well. Yeah. Um, they also do drugs really well. Uh, yeah, I couldn't. We have this uh, 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 drug use by generation thing. Boomers loved cocaine. Boy, they sure did. They really liked cocaine. 1980s. We had a whole decade, the cocaine decade. So An entire, de- entire dec- decade dedicated to cocaine. Not only did boomers, if you look at this, it's the one in the bottom left. Not only did they start using a shitload of cocaine when they were 20, they kept using it until they were about 40. <laughs> look at that. Look at that cocaine use graph. That's a hell of a cocaine bitch. Well, the, they, the thing that strikes me immediately they is they like on if they, a twenty-year cocaine binge. If you go on a twenty-year cocaine binge, you must be rolling in money. That shit is not cheap. You must financially be doing fantastic. No, no shit. <laughs> that now they drank more alcohol than uh, their children and grandchildren. Uh, not significantly, but they did, and they started earlier. Well, now, to be fair, when you're doing all that cocaine, it sort of crowds out the alcohol to an extent. That's yeah, true, I guess. When you're doing so many drugs and substances, it's kind of hard to, like, max out one or two of them, you know? And they smoked a shitload more marijuana than extras and millennials. They still do. And, and that's the other thing. This is another one. They still smoke. Now, everyone smokes still. dope now. I, I was complaining to a friend the other day. I In Sweden, I can go literally months walking around cities and towns, and I won't smell it. I get I walk out of the airport in any city of America and it is just a wall of pot smoke. Oh god, smell. yeah. America just smells like dope. It is right. horrible. You go into like any kind of like uh, public place and you're going to smell it. Yes, I can't cars stand will it. drive by and you'll smell you'll it. You'll smell it. It's horrible. I hate it. Uh but yeah. anyway, <laughs> boomers drank more and did more drugs. Um so didn't they lower I, I, I didn't check this yet before the show, but didn't they lower the drinking age? There was a brief period where that happened. Yeah. 
sure that they voted themselves a lower drinking age. I I know for a fact they did it in Michigan because it's a whole thing that they talk about in our. They actually teach us about it in school. Yes, between 1970 and 1975, nearly all states lowered their legal ages of adulthood, including 30 that lowered their legal drinking age as well. Okay, so b- boomers were literally voting themselves a lower drinking age because that would have been that would have been the age cohort that would have been able to vote at that time period. Right. That would, that's, that's really the only explanation. It's not. It's not like Silent Generation and Greatest Generation are like, you know what? We need to lower the drinking age. I, <laughs> yeah, they certainly. It certainly wasn't a worry for them. They didn't. Yeah, it wasn't a concern for them. It's this. This was boomers. Incredible. Boomers were lowering the drinking age for themselves. So, wh- what have we learned? <laughs> they get more. Div- they they slept around a ton. They had it. They used abortion to deal with that. They got a shitload of divorces and a shitload of marriages. Mm-hmm. They had unions. They hate unions, and they have more wealth than every other living generation combined. Okay, so stop with the union thing because that's the one I've been interacting with. Uh, what, what's the statistic on that? Right, with boomers and unions. So in 1985, which is which is as the boomers were sort of entering their peak size in the labor market they they had all they had all entered the labor market at this so they they entered the labor market and they are high and drunk having (laughs) the time of their lives (laughs) flying on cocaine wasted (laughs) i mean why you know i think about i i reflect on my dearly beloved grandmother and she 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 was a factory worker who drank a lot that's Uh, wonderful anyway how much cocaine did she use None that I'm aware of, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Is she, is she still with us? Can you ask her? Uh, no, unfortunately not. Oh. Um, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. She was you, one you, of the, you, you should uh, have checked her drawers for cocaine. <laughs> I'll text my uncle. When you cleaned up the house, how much cocaine did you find? <laughs> uh, <laughs> a lot. Um, Anyway, story, so, true story. Whenever my grandfather passed, I did inherit oh, his no. liquor collection because <laughs> he he had liquor out in the, uh, the the shed, out in the pack house, and he would he would go out there and drink because my grandma, um, what is the word you would use to describe a woman who's a, just a, a horrible? There you go, a real <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Sorry, I uh, yeah, that's that's you did exactly what I was hoping you were going to do. Yeah, she was a real bitch. So he would go out there in the pack house and he would drink. I can't. He, he was not a boomer. Though. He was uh, he was great generation. But see, he was driven to he was driven to drink by his marriage. But which wouldn't happen to a boomer because they would just divorce. Right. They they were drinking before the marriage. They would just get the divorce and they keep drinking after that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the the marriage and the drinking are not connected for them. Um, <laughs> anyway. So boomers had double the rate of unionization. 20% of the population in 1985, which, again, all the boomers had entered the labor market at that point, was unionized. Right. As about 20 million people, which was just about the size of the whole manufacturing sector. Today, about 11%, 10, 11% of the population are unionized. It's been cut Mm -hmm. in half. Not only has it been cut in half, um, it's only like 14 million people. So the actual raw number has also gone down. 
there are less people in unions. So boomers had unions and boomers enjoyed unions. They benefited from unions. But boomers hate unions. Union support by age group today, 48% of people over 65 and 50% of people 50 to 64 hate unions. Mm-hmm. So the, <clears throat> the ones that were working for the unions and making good money, 30 years later, they would show up in the Yahoo comment section. <laughs> they would talk about how much they hate unions. And, and how, how you don't deserve a higher wage. <clears throat> right. Right. And, and, and apparently there's there's even an instance where protesting union workers have been hit by trucks. And I could see a boomer doing that. Right. So, so I that would be a cowardly that. act that a boomer would do. I almost made that joke when we were talking about the political violence opinion polling. Like the boomer will not revolt against the government who wants to take his gun. Mm-hmm. But he will hit the UAW worker with his pickup truck. <laughs> Always punching down. Always punching, <laughs> Always punching down. <laughs> he will hit the UAW with his, not only with his pickup truck, with his $100,000 pickup truck. Right, right, right. And the, the whole time he's going to be uh, complaining on Yahoo that the pickup trucks are becoming more expensive because of the striking union workers. Correct. Correct. It's not because of policy decisions people he voted for made for 50 years. Yeah. Because of the UAW workers. Yeah, no, that's just, just damn greedy workers. I used to be one of those myself, but, but now I'm a retiree, so my my entire political opinion. So this is the thing, because we're going to start getting into the policy decisions that members make. But the, the curious thing about them, especially compared to other generations, is that all of the, the policies that they get behind – reflect where they are in their stage of human development, right? Like when they were young, they voted to lower the drinking age. And then as they get older, they vote themselves social security and then cut benefits for people that are younger than them. Cause that's, yeah. that's the other thing. So like raising the age of retirement, like, well, I'm already retired. So, you know, fuck those younger people. They'll deal with the high retirement age, but not me. Well, this is very interesting. Most people I know um, from my own parents, people my age, my brother, he's in his 30s. That's an age range of about 30 years from, from me to my parents. None of us expect, if, if nothing changes, everything continues yeah. as it was. None of us expect to get Social Security. We all expect it to be gone. Yeah. Yeah, I, I even had a boomer in a comment section talking about how he's going to be spending my money in a few years. Because he, he, I guess he had done the math on this, figured out like how much of the, the money invested by previous generations he was going to be benefiting from before it would start sucking out money from the, the current working class. Because that's sort of the thing. It's like Social Security is a Ponzi scheme. It's not a savings account. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's not it, how so, it works. Social Security is highly dependent on population growth. Yes. Yes, it's not merely a bank account where you put money into that and then you collect it as you get older. It's predicated on having a big enough working age population to constantly be pushing money into it. It's a Ponzi scheme. It is. It is. In that, you know, I I don't have a problem in theory with pensions, but the way Social Security is constructed is ridiculous. Boomers love it, though. Yeah, because they benefit from it. Yet again, it's the sociopathic narcissism. Like, well, I benefit from it, so it's it's good. It's a universal good for me. They also got pensions. Yeah. The rest of us have to deal with 401ks, if you're even lucky enough. 
Right. Yeah. Right. And then those, the same, these self-seen boomers will talk about how it'd be more financially responsible for workers to be putting their money in the market. Like, you know, should be investing. Like, after what? they crash, after they crash the market twice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you should be, you should be investing in driving up my, the price of my assets while I'm alive. Mm-hmm. I'll probably be dead by the time it crashes again. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. Fuckers. Oh my god! And you know, I don't know. It's amazing. We, I think, we all love. Uh, well, in some cases, you know, I, in some cases, uh, we might not love our individual boomers because they're just so selfish. Damn it! Yeah. But, but the 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 social trends, and I think, sort of, the point of the episode and the point that I want to drive home to everyone who's listening is that. You love your individual boomers. There are individual boomers in our movement who I love and I talk to all the time and who write comments and who are great people. But you have we have the the point of knowing this data is to take them in totality and in totality boomers are not a group of people who are selfless enough and politically interested enough to be a reliable ally for our politics. They're just they're not useful to us as a collective. No, the the only way they'd be useful to you is if somehow they were to bequeath you their financial assets, which is not going to happen. They, they they move to Florida and they spend it all. Yeah, yeah. I've I've been reading these articles. I was trying. I was actually trying to find actual research to show that boomers really aren't leaving that much behind. And all I could find was articles talking about how they're going to be. Uh, leaving all this money behind when they d- mostly in assets, like all oh, their assets are going to get passed on. This is going to be great for young people. Um, it's not happening yet, apparently. Um, well, the, the, so, I think in some cases <laughs> they may be leaving behind like small businesses because that's that's a, a boomer thing is to have the small business. It's but, mostly property. They mostly yeah. leave behind physical property like that. Um, yeah. But even that's rare. Like again, I think of boomers who well, I know. So here's the problem they, with that: they, they bugger off to Florida and live out of here's a motorhome. Even if they do leave stuff to their descendants, by the time they die, those descendants are elderly themselves. Oh yeah, this is the other thing. I, like imagine, imagine a boomer who dies in his 80s and his kid is 60. Yeah. Yeah. By then, it's too late. Any anything you constructively do with it, like, oh, well, great, I'm. I'm already an old man myself. What am I going to do with this? Now, I know people, and this was this woman was a silent generation member. She was a member of the silent generation. She sold her house to her son, who's a hexer, while mm-hmm. she was still alive, sold her house to her son for $2 so that he wouldn't be paying. Wow. So that he wouldn't be paying all the taxes when she died. Mm-hmm. I can't That's imagine who were doing that. No, I, can't, I can't. I can't comprehend it. Can't imagine them thinking that far in the future. I mean, and thinking I in terms of like, what would be good for my descendants who I I care about? So that's the disconnect. Like, I don't really care what happens to them. They don't well, they figure don't, into I mean, my calculation at all. This is an anecdotal thing, and I know you've written posts about this before. Like, they don't. They don't reach out. No. Uh, in fact, I see my mother-in-law less the more children I have. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fact. It is a fact. I'm sure there are people right now nodding their heads like, you know, that's true. Now that I think about it. So you need one more and you'll never see her again. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just go on. <laughs> the, your, your youngest two kids will be saying, Grandma who? Never met her. Yeah, right. <laughs>
<laughs> I have no idea we who used, that woman is. We used to have a grandma. Yeah, the, the oldest one will remember. Yeah. Like, yeah, there was that one lady who I called grandma. She stopped coming around after you were born. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I guess the other, the, like, the real important thing, too, is that the, the boomers impacted decision making in the country because they controlled so much. They still, still control, do. Still control so much of the government. I mean, how old is your average governor? The average right. governor in the country is 63. Oh, my God. Or just, like, go to a town council, go to a board of supervisors meeting, and just look around the room. Holy fuck. So your decision-making is being done by these these lead, gasoline, fume-poisoned, narcissistic sociopaths. And oh. that's why it's always a fucking circus when you go to these kinds of, like, little grassroots level uh, local political meetings like the or you know pr- pr- participate in local government you see the kinds of things that they discuss and the arguments and disagreements they're having like what the hell is wrong with you people <laughs> like yeah, so actually i i found a more updated one um the average age at inauguration is 58 but they stay in a- in office for an average of 9 years yeah so they're leaving office at 68 and currently, 11 governors are above the age of 70. <laughs> I know Mitt Romney recently came out, and even he said something about, you know, my generation needs to get the hell out of the way. <laughs> there, have few, there have been a few, and they've only, interestingly, they've only been Republicans. There have been a few who have come out and said, we are all getting into our 80s, and we're all still clinging on to power, and this is kind of yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's Mitt Romney of all people. He's saying he's going to stand down from the Senate in the next election, and he's called for people to move on. <laughs> yeah, I have a graph somewhere. There's a graph of shit. There is a graph of it's in our chat. The Senate and the Senate. You know, there's a hundred people in the Senate, and like eighty three of them are baby boomers or something ridiculous like that. Hold on, what was this? Yeah, here we go. So there's 100 senators, 82 of them. (laughs) I'm sorry, 79 of them are boomers or silent. Mm -hmm. Honestly, honestly, the country would be better if it was silent generation making more of the decisions than the boomers. That's Uh, true. It probably would. But those are going to be totally gone in like three years. Right. I mean, those those people actually have legitimate medical problems due to their advanced years. But, yeah, the uh, they don't have uh, they don't have cocaine related medical problems. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, I'm never going to let a boomer live this down now. Like, this is my new this is my new favorite thing. I mean, what? Yeah. Like what happens to your country when the political decision making is made by cocaine and alcohol fueled narcissists for decades? I was like, well, you end up with all love, divorce and abortion. Yeah. You end up with, with the political crises. You end up with scandals, which of course we had a whole bunch of like weird, isn't it? Right. Uh, Bill Clinton gets into office and oh, now we, now suddenly we have sex scandals and all of this kind of stuff. Uh, the, the office of the president is starting to, to look really, really gross and degenerate. And then we end up with, uh, 2008 stock market crash and just, Spec- rampant stock market speculation. Of course, we had that in the 80s, too. Gosh, I wonder what the common denominator is there. But yeah, it's it's this generation. 
property bubbles. Yeah, this, this generation and their outsized influence. And you can't, it's just kind of, I think the difficult thing, like I said, it's kind of counterintuitive. Like you can't really just point the finger at the people who raised them because those people were doing what they thought was the, the right thing to do, you know, give their kids better than what they had. But as it right. turns out, oh, yeah. that was actually worse. It was like, maybe you should have sent them down in the salt mines or something. <laughs> <laughs> there is definitely, there's definitely some sort of, incongruence between wanting to give them the best life and that life sort of resulting in a generation of pathological narcissists. Yeah. That, yeah, that definitely appears to be, and, you know, it, it's really funny that going through this whole show, you know, you and I have a very similar stance on abortion. Um, but the mayor, like the sexual partner thing, I do not consider, I'm not really a shrinking violet. I don't consider myself like a, 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 a creeping Puritan about, right sexual morality but to double from from your grandparents averaging at five and i'm sure back then it was overwhelmingly the men pushing up that average um Mm -hmm. you and i have talked in the past for about the past 200 years the average number of sexual partners for people in the west has been about three yeah that's been the average for about 200 years but then the boomers come along and it's like 11 Yes. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's the sort of thing, right? Like the the, the idea that somebody's going to be a uh, virgin until marriage, a lot less common than I think people thought it was it, in previous it, generations. It, it was definitely like a Christian ideal, but it was very rare. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, chances were you, you were probably going to fool around with some girl in your, your little hometown, your village, whatever. Like, yeah, most, probably were. most people in the West, I wish I had the source on this, but I know we have talked, we've looked it up before. Most people in the West had about three sexual partners before they got married and they didn't get married at 15. They got married between the ages of 22 and 24. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is, that is the historic norm for our society. And when you sit down and you think about it for two minutes, that makes sense. Right. That's pretty uh, logical. Yeah. And then the boomers come along and they blow up the highway. Well, well, they, they closed down the highway because they're having an orgy in the middle of it. A cocaine fuel. Yeah, yeah. Cocaine and alcohol fueled orgy in the middle of the highway. Now, now no one can drive through there. And apparently there was a tent for the abortion doctor. Fuck. I mean, really, this this is incredible. This is incredible. The abortion rate per a thousand for their parents, it was 16.3 for every thousand. For the boomers, it was 30. Mm-hmm. 29.3 30 yeah in 2017 so for their children and grandchildren it's 13.5 it's fallen by more than half yeah and clearly the prosperity that they experienced during their formative years played into this somehow because obviously the the general culture has at least the kinds of things that are portrayed on television and media has demonstrably gotten oh it's worse hard. It's awful. But, but it hasn't caused the generations after the boomers to be, quote unquote, like more degenerate. Right. The trends haven't held. The boomer, or I should, it's not even a trend. The boomers were a blip that, and it didn't result in a trend. Yeah. They, so, are, they were some kind of abnormality. <laughs> whatever was feeding their particular brand of degeneracy and narcissism was not merely 
well, there was this negative media influence. No, there there was something else going on here. And I, like I said, I think this probably has to do with being raised a time of extreme prosperity, where essentially like every kid was in some sort of way, kind of kind of being like the the kid of a, a politician or something or a movie star. Like you know, they're well, not going to turn out all right. <laughs> I have written about this before, and it really it started in the nineteen twenties, mm-hmm. roaring twenties, but it got really bad post war. Right, right, because we talked about that prior to the show. You could see that there was almost like a peak boomerism beginning to take off in the right. 20s, and then it got it got just completely blown out by the Great Depression. It got right. canceled. But basically what happened is the idea of childhood changed before the turn of the, you know, before the middle of the 20th century. Just we'll do the average before the 1950s. Essentially, the idea of childhood was that you have this little person. That mm-hmm. you are raising into an adult. You are attempting to create an adult with all that that entails. But now we have childhood and adolescence. And the modern idea of childhood and adolescence is that children, you have to let kids be kids, let teenagers be teenagers. Young people just have to be allowed to do whatever they want to do because they're young. Like just for virtue of being young is an excuse for people to do stupid adolescent shit. Now, again, I'm not saying people haven't always done stupid adolescent shit. They are, they have, but it's very different when the culture is geared toward directing you to be an adult or the culture is geared toward perpetuating your adolescence. Yeah. And we we have, and this actually did hold because it, it gets worse and worse. We, every generation in the West now are essentially perpetual adolescents to one degree or another. There yeah. is no more raising people to adulthood. That concept is gone. Yeah, because that's that's sort of the, the thing that you'll notice when you have a conversation with somebody from Silent Generation or Greatest Generation is you talk to an adult. Like, oh, this person's an actual adult. Like, you can tell this is a mature individual. They're capable of admitting mistakes they've made, which is, you know, really good sign somebody's a real adult. So whenever they can be like, you know, I messed up on this. Like, feel bad. I feel ashamed. I made this mistake, which you will never hear a boomer say. <laughs> never hear a, bo- a boomer own up to, to mistakes like that. But I've I've seen. Well, hell no. They'll blame someone else. Oh, yeah. They'll blame somebody else or whatever. But. Greatest generation is capable of doing that. Uh, they're they're capable of processing things in a in a way that is just much more nuanced and frankly just mature. It's just a mature way that they interact with the world compared to the generation of the boomers. They were raised to be adults by adults, and I I really think that part of raising children into adulthood is is inculcating them with the ability to self reflect and retrospect. And people just don't do that anymore. Yeah. Or, well, there's, I, I, I guess we're kind of getting off the weeds here, but I know that there's sort of a trend too of not feeling shame. Like you can do things that are bad and just not feel ashamed of it. Like in Western culture, particularly seems to have made this into something where you, you can do something bad, but it would be wrong for others to continually remind you of this or try to hold yes. you accountable. The the people the people who shame you are the problem. That's a feature. Yeah. Of li- that's a feature of liberalism, and that is a whole. I have a lot to say on that. We could do a whole episode on that. Actually, that's like a whole. That's a whole weed patch. Yeah, um, yeah, because it's 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 like different <laughs> than Asian societies where shame is. What is it? There's there's a dichotomy between like shame and then guilt. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a division between shame and guilt, I think, in, in Asian culture. All right, Alex. And, Go ahead. Yeah. Anyway, um, I was just gonna say it, we're 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 at an hour and seven minutes. We can go. Yeah, it's uh, fine to go a little over because it's been a while. But oh yeah, absolutely. We've been we've been gone for a month again. We've just been busy. But everyone has learned that boomers project. They are they were the debauched uh, hedonists of the of uh, the last century. Yeah, they were the debauched hedonists, and the boomer women are the only ones that are even slightly based. Boomer Republican women. <laughs> so this is really funny. <laughs> I find this really funny. Grandma, uh, grandma got three abortions, but she also hates the gays. <laughs> I, I, which, if you think about it, this is gonna this should inform what goes through your mind when you try to make a moral argument to a boomer because they're fundamentally not moral people. Look at their life history. They so yeah, that's period. yeah, that's what we learned from this. That's really what I learned from this. I mean, I already knew that they weren't very moral people just from talking to them and, and, and intuiting it. But the data reinforces that these are not moral people. They went through an entire period of life history where they were flying on cocaine, drunk, having having orgies, and then having massive numbers of abortions. And they they don't feel ashamed of that. And and then raising a couple of kids and getting a divorce. Yeah. So when you come at one of these people with like a moral argument, they're going to look at you like you're from another planet. Yeah, they don't. They've they've they they don't they they don't. They don't understand. They don't care. They're like, I, what? Huh? Yeah. Like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> wrong. What is wrong? Right. Yeah. They, they, gonna, they can't they, understand the outrage. They're going to call you a creeping moral puritan or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, we will, um, we will leave all our fellow creeping moral puritans <laughs> until next week. Uh, thank, thanks. Uh, thanks for coming on and uh, bye-bye everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye.